With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Good evening. I almost said good morning. I'm so used to being here in the morning. Thanks so much, everybody. This is Harriet Kamek with Down to Earth. And it's a special edition of Down to Earth as we're going to talk about relationships. We're going to talk about toxic relationships this evening. So I have as my special guest, Dr. Rhonda Maddox, who is a behavioral health expert. So she's the expert. So she's going to talk about why do we continue to hook up with people we shouldn't really be hooking up with and why are we, <laughs> why are we in toxic relationships? So it's going to get live. We're just going to kind of fly off the cuff. If you have any questions, you are welcome to join the conversation, of course. The conversation takes place at 516-387-1463. So if you want to join in the conversation, feel free to do so, right? Uh, it's Monday evening, and it's almost Valentine's Day. So how many of us are ready for Valentine's Day? I don't know about you, but I think I'm a little I don't have a Valentine, so I'm good, <laughs> right? But for those of us who do, well, happy Valentine's Day. So let me tell you a little bit about my special guest. She's Dr. Rhonda Maddox. She's a Jill of all trades. She currently serves as an integrated behavioral health psychiatrist to primary care providers in rural outpatient settings. Previously, Dr. Maddox worked as a medical media consultant for the University of California, Los Angeles, UCLA. She was also an, she's also currently an associate professor at the University of Arkansas Medical Sciences and as a consultant to state and federal agencies, such as the Substance Abuse Mental Health Services Administration and the United States Health and Human Services. She's based in Little Rock, Arkansas, and is about to move to Atlanta. She's never going to move to Detroit. Everybody, help me welcome <laughs> my bestie, my girl, Dr. Rhonda Maddox. Welcome. Thank you. It is such a pleasure to join you again. It's been a minute. Yeah, so Doc, we want to talk about it's the season of Valentine's and everybody's going to do a hookup between now and Friday. I know text messages are being sent right now and people are facing uh, <laughs> their orders for roses and flowers and all kinds of edible, all kinds of edible stuff. And a lot of these are not going to last beyond uh, Saturday morning. I mean, many of you might even wake up Saturday morning regretting where you spend Friday night. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 100%. So doc, I want to, I want to ask you how, how can we keep attracting the same kind of people? Because we keep being the same kind of people. If you want to attract something different, then you use a different kind of bait. Fishermen know this, you know, when they want it to attract crappy, crappy, they use a certain kind of bait. If they want to attract catfish, they use, use a certain kind of bait. Deep sea fishers use a certain kind of bait. We keep using the same kind of bait, getting the same kind of man, and fussing because we want different results. If you want different results, then you deliver different bait. So you're telling me that the reason we're all attracting the same person is because we are the same person, so we are attracting the same kind of fish. Over and well, over. I, I'm telling you, if you continue to do the same thing, you're going to continue to get the same results. And so, and we will, they'll have a different face, a different mm-hmm. smile, a different mm-hmm. gimmick. But in the mm-hmm. end, we, we are, you know, we, we, have, we have just these automatic responses to people, you know. And so we, we keep bringing the, the same people into our lives it, on some level, you know, sometimes it's because this is who we're comfortable with. Even when we say we're not, 
You know, we want wow. something different. We keep doing the same thing, and we keep getting the same person. You know. Wow. Now this is just this is this is my educated hypothesis. I could be wrong, but I went to UCLA, so maybe I'm not. <laughs> no, I would say I would say you're right. So essentially, what we're doing then, Doc, is that we are putting out the we're sending out the same feelers. So we haven't changed because we haven't done the work to change us. Right. Right. Okay. I right. Get it. So and, we, and here's the thing. And there. Right. Yeah, and, and some some of us really need to to do the internal hard work uh-huh. on ourselves because uh-huh. we are bringing so much into the relationship, so much baggage into the relationship that you know some. That I mean, it's like we're a shot of whiskey. Everybody can't do whiskey. I don't do whiskey, you know. And so, mm-hmm. if you bring so much into the relationship, it it can be really heavy. And it's not that people want to abandon you or to desert you, but you know, I, I tell some of the people I work with, listen, don't tell people that you're molested on the first date. Don't tell wow. people how awful folks treated you, you know, in, wow. in your first three dates, because what you've just done is said. I tolerate this kind of behavior from other people. And so even maybe men who wouldn't have done that will recognize, hey, if, you know, JoJo can do it and Junebug can do it and and Pee Wee can do it, well, you know, and and maybe they try some extra. Now, I'm not trying to say that it is a victim's fault that they continue to be re-victimized, but I am saying that you cannot be a victim and a victor at the same time. They're mutually exclusive. You have to take off the victim cap in order to be a victor, you know? But are you all hearing this stuff? Are you all hearing this? There's some things that we do on the first date that we shouldn't do. So if you go to the first date, there's some things you shouldn't. T- I say this all the time. Do not tell anybody anything about you. Don't tell them that your husband left you or he beat you up. You think I say that on the first date? <laughs> you got to go investigate that. that. Is I'm what not for. <laughs> <laughs> that is what your therapist is for. That is what your pastor is for. That is not what your first date is for. And I'm just going to tell you, my daughter will test the boundaries. She is going to push and push and push and see exactly how much I'm going to let her do. And I'll, I'll take it even further. So is my husband. He's going to figure out what I will let him get away with. And then after he, and then after I set the boundary, she's going to test the boundary a little bit. She's going to test the boundary a little bit. That's what people do. And so when you, you sit out on the that? first few dates, yeah, Are in the first few dates, if you. So you're saying, you hear what the doctor's saying? I want you all to hear this. What the doctor is saying, set the boundaries on the first date. You've got to let the partner know what is it that you're going to tolerate and what you're not. I think, Doc, half the times when we enter into these relationships, when we enter into relationships, we're so afraid the person will not come back for the second, third follow-up dates that we literally just lay yourself down as a doormat and just tell them everything, and then they walk away saying, who, I don't want to be with that. That's a lot of baggage. I don't want to lift that up or carry that. Right? Here's the thing. We don't. We don't just we don't get there overnight. You have to understand mm-hmm. that some of us are programmed to be like that oh. in our childhood. Okay. Are you hearing that? <laughs> no, because this is fascinating our- to me because it seems like we are we are not uh, we are not setting boundaries, right? And because right. we're not setting boundaries on the first date, we tell we tell everything. We, you know, we tell everything, and then whatever happens after that happens, right? So you're telling them what is acceptable and what is not. And you have to consistently set boundaries. It's it's not a, a one a one time thing. It, it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. You, you're you're wow. continuing to identify these are my boundaries. You know, and I'm not giving you an ultimatum. I am just saying. This is what I will not tolerate. And if you choose to do this, then you are choosing not to have a relationship with me because I respect me. Are you hearing this, y'all? But, but Doc, what happens when, because, you know, some of us girls, we do say things like that, 
And then they tell us that they don't come back. They tell us that we have standards. But you're saying that we're on the right track by establishing what our boundaries are and what our levels of tolerance are. Well, I'm going to tell you, I would have people say to me when I was 28, you know, why aren't you married? What's wrong with you? Are you gay? Da-da-da-da-da. And my response was standard. I have standards. There's nothing wrong with me. I know what I'm looking for. And then they would say stuff like, well, there are not many men out there like that. Well, I'm not looking for many like that. I only need one. Oh, my God. Uh, this, this is mind-blowing because I feel so, ladies and gentlemen, transparency moment, I feel so totally validated in this conversation <laughs> because I feel so totally validated. I am so fine, y'all, because I have been saying the same thing for years that I am going to, I'm not giving you an ultimatum because you don't have to be with me, but I am saying this is what I can tolerate and deal with. And if it's not okay with you, then it's fine. Absolutely. And I'm going to tell you, I remember bringing a, a, a young guy home to meet my brother, and he was just a fabulous guy. And my brother vetoed him. And I said, I said, why did you veto him? He said, because you're too nice around him. And I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, girl, you can't keep that up for a lifetime. No, uh-uh, he has to go. <laughs> Wow. I want you to be with someone where, you know, and you're yourself. You know, he was like, you can't, you can't be that person around him forever. So, so no, I veto this. Hold on. Somebody is calling in. Let's hear what they have to say. Uh, Hey, this is Harriet with Down to Earth and Dr. Maddox is on. Dr. Rhonda is on. Uh, Welcome. Caller number one. Good evening. Good evening, ladies. Um, good evening, Dr. Maddox. I, I didn't know that I was actually calling into the show. I was just kind of listening. Um, <laughs> but good good topic tonight. <laughs> anyway. Okay. Um, as far We're getting as, nervous now. <laughs> why is that? Because <laughs> you didn't know you were calling into the show, so we're getting nervous now. Come on. What do you have? <laughs> no, I was calling in to kind of listen while I was moving around, but I thought right. I needed to hit one to actually come on the show. But anyway, you guys wow. were talking about first dates, and um, um, maybe there should be some standards, I mean, some way of, um, first of all, choosing a partner. Huh. Right? Like, I, I, think, I think there should right. be... Just choosing a partner. Yeah, I, I think there should be... We, I was never taught, I don't know about you ladies, but I was never taught specifically what to look for and how to choose a mate. And I think that's oh, really? part of the problem. And, and wow. No, right. I mean, um, I think that's part of the problem because, um, yeah, if you don't know what you're looking for, if you don't know how to choose. That's a big, that's a big, big problem, but it's not something that we were taught. Like I, w- I wasn't taught that. Nobody I know was taught. So now you're now you're just out here and you're just going blind and you're going off of emotion and you're going off of looks and because we were never taught. And I think that's probably one of the things that we probably should leave for the next generation. Come up with some some concrete ways and things that you can do um, to kind of um, um, choose a mate. You know, kind of what to look for. Um, I used to think that looking into someone's background, family background, was pretentious. You know, yeah. like everybody is, is um, you know, they've gone through whatever, and just because their family is this way or they grew up this way wow. doesn't mean that they're not a suitable mate and that kind of thing. And it wasn't until I got a little older until I realized, yeah, you do have to look into the family background a little bit. And that does make a yeah. Um, well, what about, yeah, you make a great point. What about some of us who have dysfunction? I guess people like me would, would never have a mate because my family is as dysfunctional as you can believe. No, and I don't think it's a, a, a you know, this, this person is in a dysfunctional family, so therefore they're disqualified. It's mm. what happened to the person, and you use that to try to determine and how the person acts. Uh-huh. And it's uh-huh. kind of like a like a detective. 
So you right. start to so when you see certain things, then it just kind of uh-huh. comes in your mind. You know what? That you know, it's just like you dating a guy, and then you know his background, but you uh-huh. see little displays of anger or something, and then you can right. say, you know what? <laughs> uh-huh. I know his background. I know what happened. So mm-hmm. now you can start putting yeah. two, two together and start making a decision. Right. On whether you know right. it kind of it's just one of the one of the things one of the pieces of evidence that you use to kind of put in the pot and stir around it and see if this thing is for you, right? So I just don't think there's a concrete way, and every Uh situation is going to be slightly different, but I've not seen anything written down, especially for black families and for black younger black people to say, okay, these are the considerations. This is kind of how you go about it. This is the method. This is the framework. You know, this methodology, and this is kind of how you do it, right? Um, well, because you, know you don't do it, and everybody's left to, left with love. You know, lo- love is not a reason to get married <laughs> in and of itself. That's just, that's just you, one ingredient. That's, this is the that's wrong not even the biggest one. Because now everybody is saying love is not a reason to get married. Oh my God, I'm I'm gonna fail now. Look no, at me. That's the only reason. That's I'm the only reason. I'm going to say that I have that I actually I agree with what you're saying. Love is definitely not the only reason to get married. Wow. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna go one further and say I've rarely met very many people who didn't marry for love and fifty percent of marriages end in divorce. You understand? Many, so love is not fifty? More than fifty percent of, of marriages more end than in 50, divorce. Yes. More than fifty. More than fifty. And well, so I'm to say, hey, so what am I talking about? <laughs> yeah, hey, I'm marrying for love. But here's the thing: I th- whenever you when you when you're looking at divorce, it's not just coming from an absence of love because these people loved each other when they got married. Many mm-hmm. times, it's right. coming from an absence of wisdom, an absence of knowledge. Oh. We spend more money planning for the wedding than we do investing in the relationships after the wedding. People will spend uh, money getting their cars tuned up. They will spend money going to a doctor's appointment, but they will not even buy a $20 book. They won't spend $199 to go to a marriage retreat or something mm-hmm. to invest in their marriage. And then they will spend thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 to get divorced. If you had taken some of that money that you're about to use on this divorce and invested in vacation, invested in in counseling, individual and couples counseling before you got married, then you would have some idea of what was happening in that family because in every session, the initial the initial doctor's appointment, the initial psychiatrist's wow. appointment, they basically do. Yeah, now, bankers do credit checks, and they're looking at your history of paying on right. time. Right. Physicians mm-hmm. ask you about your family history. They're looking at what runs in your DNA to see. Wow. And so, sir, when you said look at the family, you were absolutely right. My mother used to tell me her piece of counsel for how to choose a husband was look at how he treats his mother. That wow. is a really wise piece of counsel, and I'm going to tell you why. Because, first of all, if he's treating his mother poorly, Nine times out of ten, that means his mother was treating him poorly. So his perception of women has has been impacted in a very negative way. And, darling, women, listen to me. You are going to bear the brunt of that anger and what have you. And so if you don't have a man who is investing or a woman or a partner who is investing in themselves, um, Harriet, you were very right when you said, you came from dysfunction. Most of us come from dysfunction, okay? Absolutely. However, it's what do we do after this, the dysfunction? Do we there always blame our mothers and our fathers yeah. who left us for why we're like this? Or do we say, you know what, they did that, but I'm going to deal, deal with the hand that I have, Let and I may not be able to decide. Wow. You know, I can't impact what they did, but what I can do is impact where I go from here. So when you have a blamer and somebody that's always pointing fingers, that's not the person to marry. But when you have someone who is in therapy investing in themselves, hey, I'm just saying. Because after a while, you're going to be the person to blame. I'm just going to tell you all, I I went to therapy because 
it, this is 2020, right? So it's open season, right? That we're all being transparent. We're family here, so don't feel bad. Don't feel bad about talking your we business tell, or whatever. Listen, we're going to keep this I secret to ourselves. Like we won't tell okay? anybody that's not in this I room. So you go ahead, else. okay? <laughs> I just, this is why I talk about these, okay? But in the year 2000, when it became apparent that my marriage was not going to last, my ex-husband had spent 13 years beating me up. And when it became apparent that my marriage wasn't going to last, I finally heeded the advice of my mentor who had died four years before. Before she died, she said, promise me that you will go to therapy. And I promised her. But, you know, in my culture, it's like, why do you need to go to therapy? Why do you need to go tell anybody your business, right? But when it got to a point where I needed to understand how did I end up with somebody who told me he loved me but was beating me up and I couldn't understand it, I went to therapy. And man, was it deep. Did it help me? You bet it did. I cleaned myself up. It gave me an understanding of who I am. Do you see what I'm saying, Doc? And it taught me coping mechanisms. So I made better decisions going forward, y'all. We all need therapy. Come on, therapy is Therapy is phenomenal. And I'm going to tell you, I am one of those people, and I'm not digging up patients. I have patients, you know, coming out the wazoo right now. But I tell people, I think that everyone should be in therapy um, at least so four times a year because in the course of that four times, one of these things has happened. Somebody has died. You've had something happen at work or as an entrepreneur. The kids have Uh done some foolishness. Certainly your partner, husband or wife, has done some nonsense or whatever, and some just something has happened. And what you want is someone that you can talk to who is not mm-hmm. biased, who stands to gain nothing from you to get counsel. Mm-hmm. When people tell me, I talk to the Lord, or I talk to my best friends, how many best friends have you had in the course of your life? I tell wow. them, you are paying for my scope of expertise and my confidentiality because if I'm your girlfriend and we break up and we're not friends anymore, then you may find your business on Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook for the older people or whatever, but all kinds of nonsense is on there. And then your friends, while they may be very well-meaning, they don't have a scope of expertise. So what they tend to fall back on is their experience. Well, you know, when I was having this plan, I exercised, I ate you know, nutritious food, and I just pulled myself up by my bootstraps. And right. what is not factored in is, well, this person that you're talking to, you know, they were in foster care, they've been sexually assaulted, they've been raped, right. they were molested, right. they were in and out of juvenile justice system, so your strategy right. is not working for them. And at some right. point in time, particularly in the, the, the uh, communities of color, we have to realize that we are more likely to be victims of violence, we're more likely right. to witness violence, we're more likely Whoa. to grow up uh, with Speak. underemployment, She's unemployment, uh, people She's in our family who are substance abusers, or what have you. And so we are much more at risk for some of these things. And I don't consider it weakness or, you know, weakness versus I should be strong. I consider it an investment in yourself. Because here's the thing, if you never learned how to be a parent because your parent was in jail, incarcerated Uh on drugs, how are you going to be a good parent? And so your children deserve, yes, your children deserve to have the best version of you. And if you're, wow. if you're around people who are going to check you because you feel the need to invest in yourself, invest in your future, you're around the wrong people. You're Ooh, absolutely you around that? the wrong people. Did I talk and about they, that? And they may be very well-meaning. Did I talk about that? Yeah. It, it's yeah, the truth. Very well-meaning. Very yeah. well-meaning. Right. People, are you hearing what the doc is saying? I, I can't afford her time, but you can. So you call her. We're going to give you her contact information so you can reach out to her. She does Skype, right? She does Skype so she can Skype you in and she can talk to you over the phone. Of course, she is a psychiatrist. She did go to UCLA people, so we need to pay her for her time. Okay, them student loans are pretty expensive, okay? And we need to pay her for her time, right? But this is an investment in yourself. I don't know why we as a community won't look at some of the stuff. Uh, one of our colleagues, uh, Dr. Kevin Washington, will be on next week, and he's going to talk about epigenetics, the science of how violence is in our mm-hmm. DNA. 
that sometimes predisposes us, especially those of us from communities of color, right? How we respond to violence and how violence has been normalized, right? And we need to understand how these things impact our relationships. When I'm telling you, I had a come to Jesus moment in 1999 when I realized that I had turned 30, y'all, and I was married to a man who was beating me up. I had to ask myself how I was a I was a beauty queen. I had been a model. I was on a career path to success. Do you understand what I'm saying, people? And I couldn't understand why someone like me would end up with some jerk who was going to beat me up. He was a jerk. He was a monster. He's dead now. He was married to me, so I can tell it. I've written the book about it, okay? And I kid you not, Doc, I had to say, what happened here? And I asked him questions. But you know the best thing I could ever do? I, I, I went to therapy. It took me 18 months. Absolutely. Out. I didn't get out of and therapy the thing. until 2001. Violence, violence doesn't happen immediately. I remember a colleague of mine, uh, she was a physician. She was married to a physician. And mm-hmm. when she was telling me about being a victim of domestic violence, for right. me, she was just like like me. Like It was like yeah. if I said, and I, I couldn't imagine me doing that. And what she said to me was, it, it didn't start. You know, it didn't start immediately. It just started with right. a little bit of verbal stuff. So yes, you know, kind of a put down. And, right. and, you know, and so it just gradually, you know, he, he chipped away at her self-esteem, at her self-worth, yeah. um, just kind of poked, you know, poked wow. holes and stuff. And then when she was at her most vulnerable while she was pregnant, that's when it happened. And so realize that, you know, all of us can fall into that, category and we have a certain perspective of that kind of woman that would take that or what does she do to bring it on herself and the truth yep. of the matter is if not for the, you know that that could easily be one of us particularly if we if we've seen it in our childhood if we've seen it in our childhood that's a norm you know it can be a norm for us you know if yeah. we are um and, and 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 what they'll do what people will do is make you dependent on them and so we have huh. this this dream um, narrative that Disney gives to us, you know, first comes love, then comes marriage, then comes Prince, then you know, comes Prince Charming, he rescues us. Yeah, and so Prince Charming is to rescue us, and that sets mm-hmm. you up for a model mm-hmm. of being victimized, because when wow. your Prince Charming or Princess Charming comes through and says, I want to take care of you, you know, well, then you're financially dependent, you, you know, you may be alienated from mm-hmm. your friends and family, and so then mm-hmm. you can't leave. The first thing people will say is, why didn't they leave? Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Hello? Hey, Doc. We seem to have lost Hello? the connection. Hello? Hi. Hello? Hello? Hi. Did we lose Did we lose the doc? Uh, Briefly, yep, I don't I'm know here. what happened. Yeah, I'm here. Yes, Doc, you were saying that uh, the conception, that the mis, but this is interesting. I think this is interesting, though, Doc, that Disney, they sold us a fairy tale, right? They told us about this Prince Charming yeah. dude who was going to come, and he was going to come riding in on a white horse, wearing white jeans like Mick Jagger. Anybody remember that but, song, right? But they didn't <laughs> right tell you the full fairy tale. Y'all better stop laughing at me. You know what happened to me? I met a dude. He did wear white jeans too. Yeah, but he and he wasn't riding a horse, but he did beat me afterwards. But they, they, they didn't tell you the full story though. Oh, they didn't give me the full story. What's the full story? No, this is why. This is why. Meaning, when when she rolled off, uh huh. When they they got married, they had the romance. They got married and they rolled off. That's the end of. <laughs> now let me make sure you guys can still hear me, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to see. I mean, I if you, right. if so, yeah, you, it goes off. It 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 it's almost as though, and especially with women, it's almost as though they want. You have the wedding, and it's almost the the next day they just want to do it again, right? <laughs> they want to do the wedding again because yeah. that, because that's where the story ended. The story oh, ends with the wedding a, yeah. and a riding off you into the something? sunset. It doesn't talk Stop about it. the daily cooking every day. Wow. It doesn't talk about living together so every day. It stops at a oh certain point. Oh, my gosh. And yes. that's the part that we want to relive, right? Yeah. 
We want to continue to relive that. And Doc, also earlier, earlier you said that, you know, guys who, you know, look at how men treat their mother, but there's something different going on today. What's that? So today with single parents, today with single parent households, what you're finding is, what I'm finding is over the years that there are a lot of guys, and I know some of these guys growing up, where they're very, very close to their mom. Their yeah, mom holds them close because there's no man in the house. So now right. the women that they date are having an issue with the relationship yeah. between the son and the mom. Oh, you're because so the mom right. is a lot more involved than, you know, she normally would be if there was a, if she had her husband in the house kind of thing. Um, but I don't yeah. think that goes both right. ways because I have found that mothers today, especially single mothers who raise their sons, for some reason, uh, especially in the black community, I think single mothers place a greater value on having sons than on having daughters, right? And I think they baby their sons too much so that he does not mm-hmm. know how to be a husband and a father, but he knows how to be a son for his mom. So when he goes into a relationship, he tends to act like a son, right? He expects the woman to go out to work. He doesn't take the trash out. He doesn't hold the door. I mean, today's generation, I kid you not, I I, I tell my daughters, don't bring home that because I don't know how that's going to work. Because when I go out today, uh, it's men my age and men over 35 and 40 who will hold the door for me. Or if I seem to be struggling with bags, it's men over 40 who are, helping me with bags. Young men today, we're both walking up to the door and they walk through the door and slam the door in my face because oh, yeah. they were never taught yeah. to be a man. They weren't taught to be a husband. They weren't taught to be but someone's that, dad. You see what I'm saying? So I agree with you. Yes. What do you think, I mean, Paul? the dad's not around, so it's really the dad's fault. If, if, if he can well, be involved. Because the dad is not involved, around. So are you all going to see your yeah. son's lives and your children's lives now? I mean, we really need we really need to have a come to Jesus moment about this. We need to recognize well, that we have damaged the next generation badly, and we have caused harm, and we need to fix it. We need to have that conversation, and it doesn't help that a lot of black men are in jail and incarcerated. So, as Dr. Maddox says, you didn't have a parent, but that's why you go to therapy, right? Am I getting and, this and, right? And let me just say, even when you're when you're not incarcerated. Here's the thing. Black women have the luxury of, of being effective communicators sometimes, of talking to each other, of talking about emotions and stuff. One of the things that I've noticed about men is that, you know, they may, <laughs> sorry calling me, grunt and toot or whatever, but, but mm-hmm. you know, maybe they're talking about sports or, or whatever, and so there's not this safe outlet because even when men – try to release their emotions, um, sometimes they're not releasing those into safe places because, you wow. know, they're, they're, they're not. They're not. And, and, and people will say, man, up and do all this stuff. And so when they try to show their sensitive side, it's not always, you know, well-received, and they get negative mm-hmm. reinforcement for that. So it's, it's really important to find safe zones you know, mm-hmm. in therapy, and, and I'm going to say, you know, black men with either black men or people who are culturally, you know, humble or culturally or something to where that mm-hmm. can be a safe place. You know, and in our communities, we will go to the pastor, and I will tell you that, you know, there is not a universal regulation for what kind of um, scope of expertise pastors have. So some of them are <laughs> very well equipped, but not all of them. Do you understand mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so if you yeah, yeah, stumble yeah. into somebody without mm-hmm. that, you know, some of the, the information that you're going to take away is not going to be valuable. And I can't tell you how many families have been broken up because of the, and I, I hate to say this, because pastors have given such bad counsel and then ended up with the partner. Do you understand what I'm saying? Are and, you and, kidding and me? Is, yeah. And, and, well, you know, and I, I'm not trying to bash pastors. I'm married to a pastor, no, 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 so please no, no, no. know that you I'm not. Right but I'm just saying that yeah. <laughs> that that everybody is not trained in that area. And emotional intimacy can lead to physical intimacy. When we hear about the story of Samson and Delilah, it doesn't tell us yeah. anything about how Delilah looks. It talks about her words. <laughs> you understand? Right. Yeah, what she said to him. That's true. But, you know, you hit on an important point that I think is relevant to 
the black community, and that is the fact that church and pastors have a tremendous impact on our lives, right? Uh, many people, counseling for them is going to the pastor. And as Dr. Maddox said, the pastor, he may have good intentions, but he may not be trained in answering some of our emotional issues. In fact, there is a disconnect that pastors will apply spiritual remedy to areas that are purely scientific. Our emotions are sometimes rooted in science, the hormones, the chemistry, where the person is, what their experiences and perspectives are. And, and so we go to the pastor and he gives us an impression that colors oh, and affects okay. that relationship negatively. Come on, people. We need to talk about this. Yes, Doc, rile it up. Y'all going to forgive me tomorrow, well, right? I'm, I'm really glad that you brought that up because here's the thing. I can't tell you how many people will come to me. And I'm a psychiatrist. I deal, I'm board certified in psychiatry and neurology. Uh, right. I, but they will come to me with their heart problems. They'll come to me with their toe problems. They'll come to me all kinds of things or whatever. And this is what I try to do. I try to stay in my lane, okay? Right. So I can't tell you to stop taking your blood pressure medicine. Just let me talk mental health. And, and, and it can be really kind of a stroke to our ego to have somebody come to us for certain things. I want you to think I know lots of stuff. But, you know, I have to say, let, let, let me send you to somebody with that kind of expertise. And I'm going to take it a step mm-hmm. further when we talk about this. Now, if you are, you know, a Christian persuasion, you know, maybe you know about this. Um, it, when when Jesus healed the lepers, he said, "Go, go to the priest." You know, the priest was to confirm right. that that healing had happened. Right. And so, you know, the whole may not need um, a physician, but the sick do. The people with psychosis do. The people who are hearing things and seeing things and suicidal. You know, you don't yeah. want on your conscience that you told somebody to pray. And I, and I agree with prayer, but I'm just saying it doesn't have to be either or. How about we do a combined approach, you know? That's what I'm saying. And guys, let me just say Dr. Maddox is a Christian, so don't think that she's not a Christian. She is a Christian, but she is a scientist, and she is trained in applying scientific remedies to these issues. And as she says, the Bible is even very clear and gives us pronunciation on what we should do. If you're sick, go to the doctor. If you have a heart trouble... You're going to go to a cardiologist, right? Right. Well, if you have emotional issues, go see a psychiatrist. And so often what we do in the church is that people come to us and they have emotional issues, and we tell them, y'all know what I'm going to say. We're going to cast that demon out. (laughs) You know, some of those things don't work because what happens is the person has deep-seated emotional issues that require medicine and the application of medical remedies, right? Right. And the other piece, though, is that sometimes we are so angry with people and mm-hmm. and we are giving them so much power over our lives. We are constantly wow. thinking about them wronging us. And they, you mm-hmm. know, sometimes I'll hear patients talk about someone, and I think maybe it happened like three days ago, and it happened 30 years ago, right? Wow. But they are still fixated on that pain. And, and, wow. And if we don't deal with that, the trauma of the rejection, the trauma of the abandonment, the trauma of the loss, the trauma of being da-da-da-da-da, and we keep just reliving it. And so a part of what we do in therapy is, is, is we go back to that place. We go back to that place, and, and we release something. And you'll notice that I didn't say forgive because forgiveness sounds spiritual da-da-da-da-da, um, and, and, and there is that. But you have to release all of that anger. Um, mm. And I won't say you have to release it, but you have to use your anger in a way that can be profitable instead of a way that is destructive. You know, you can wow. have your anger. And if your anger leads you to wow. protest, if your anger leads you to policy change, if it leads you to mm-hmm. start a nonprofit organization, great. But if your anger leads you into you know, self-destructive, you have HIV and you're sleeping with all these women, you know, unprotected because you're, you know, so your feeling, your anger in and of itself is not bad. You know, Mm. it's not bad. It's like fire in and of itself is not bad. Fire for arson, bad. Fire to cook, good. So what do you do with that anger? What do you do with it? Now, Carla, I'm going to circle back because you said something that we didn't actually touch on as much as I'd like. You said there's nobody teaches you how to choose a mate. And, and I, and wow. I wanted uh, 
Karen and I talked about this a little bit before, Uh you know, a few weeks ago. But some people are chosen and some people choose. You know, I have um, some people that I kind of laugh at because any woman that chooses them, they'll take them or whatever. They they don't necessarily have standards. Just if you, you choose me, I'll take you, I'll have you. And then there's some people who choose. Now, you know, when you're a good-looking guy or gal, um, people will choose you, you know, but sometimes you got to throw some folks back because they, no, 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 we don't have the same, we're not compatible, da-da-da-da-da, you know. And sometimes when we're choosing, we keep choosing the same thing. I remember saying, my, uh, my guy, my, my idea for me of what I thought was a good man for me wasn't working, okay? Mm. I, I went for tall, dark, handsome, da-da-da-da-da. Um, I kept they beat that, me that up didn't when work they were for me. tall and dark. Yeah. It didn't work for me. Yeah. So I said, yeah. you know what, I, this my type isn't either. working for me, so let me open up my type or whatever. And that's when, when I got a, a person I never would have chosen, but when I tell you he's great for me, you know. Now, now I'm not going to tell yeah. you any lies and tell you it's been a fairy tale walk. Don't, no, 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 or whatever. But he's brought out the best in me. And I brought out wow. very good stuff in him. And that is he the challenged key. me. You want a partner you know? who brings out the best in you. Yeah. Yeah. Now, I'm going to tell you, you can bring out the worst in me, too, at times. But, but you know. <laughs> but, you, but that's what therapy that's is for, family. That's what therapy is for. When the psychiatrist tells you that she had a psychologist, trust me, you need one as well. <laughs> Whoa. Well, that, I Did think expectations is something that needs to be discussed. I'm sorry, Color, I didn't hear what you said. I think expectations need to be discussed. Um, I think I hear, you know, a lot of my friends that are women, you know, they'll say, well, I want this, I want that, I want a guy who does this and makes this and that. And I have to tell them, um, you know, a guy, the guy that you just (laughs) described, you, you, you want a guy like that, but that guy has certain expectations, too. Yes, sir. That guy is looking for something very specific too. Mm, yes, tell me about And that. you don't know if you meet, if you don't meet, you might not meet his view of what he wants. Because if he's at yeah. that level, some a lot of guys, they have an image of the person that they want. Absolutely. Right. And I think that's the thing. I mean, I think that's the thing with with with. Men and women, this is our expectations. We want to say, well, we want this, we want that, and that's fine. But then a lot of times you have to work on yourself to be uh-huh. the type of person that that kind of person will want to be with. Um, this is a tweetable wow. moment. Can you guys just tweet that out to the listeners? Because he just nailed it right there. And I'm going to tell you what I heard. What I heard is you want God's best, but you're bringing to the table sometimes the devil's worst. Okay. Wow. <laughs> so if you want God's best, you work on yourself too. So you can bring some some best to the table as well. That's what I heard, Carla. That might not be what you said, but that was my takeaway. <laughs> and and, 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 and I'm just saying the God's worst, but you know you have to work on yourself. I mean, because men and women, you know, a lot, a lot of they want a lot of the same things, but yeah. some things, you know, are quite different. You know that, yeah. right? I so that. yeah. You know, so if I, <laughs> you know, if there's a if there's a, a, a some uh, a model out there or something like that, and I, and I don't really go for those, but if if there's listen that kind guys. of woman hey, that Doc, I want, hey Doc, uh, listen, the, the the folks on Facebook are going wild with this idea because they're like over there like preach <laughs> because it's <laughs> okay. <laughs> A lot of people say they want the best, but they're not being the best, right? So you, they show up, I have this standard, I want this, I want that, da, 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 da. but they haven't done the work to repair the damage that broken relationships and broken childhood, adverse childhood experiences have deposited on all of us. But you come and you want the best. You want the best, pay the price. I went to therapy for a year and a half to make sure I got rid of all that goop. You see what I'm saying? And people come and they want, caller, you nailed it, dude. You totally nailed it. People want the best, but they don't want to put the effort in to make the stuff work. Come on. But they want an $80,000 wedding, though. Hello. Oh, y'all not a creep. Oh, wow. Y'all not, y'all not a And there's, a, there's you, another you, thing. I got married a long time I want, ago, so a we question were paying $8,000 back then. Okay, go ahead, sir. <laughs> 
there's a question I want to ask ask the doctor. Yeah. In this day and age, what is the purpose of marriage? Like why do we why do we need it? Like there has to be and the reason I'm asking this question is because So you're not married. When I when I'm at I used to be. So when I asked the question, mm-hmm. what you know, um if 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 a woman would bring it up and then I asked the question, okay, so what's the purpose of this union? What are, oh. what are we doing? Cuz we're not going to sit around and play footsies all day. What are, what is the purpose of this? Come on, What Dad, are we trying bring- to accomplish? Because one of the things I noticed mm-hmm. when I was married was that when we had a purpose, when we had a goal, everything worked out beautifully. You know, when there was a baby on the way, when we were buying a house, when we were planning stuff, we were just constantly working towards certain things. And when those things mm-hmm. went away, things got worse. Right. So my, my question is, you know, when I hear that, is like, for what? Marriage for what? What are we doing? Mm-hmm. What's the purpose? Oh of, what, what's, what's the outcome of this thing? What, are, what exactly are we trying to do? Are we trying to save the world? Wow. Are we trying to save, you know, eliminate world hunger together? As, you know, as well as all the other stuff. Like, what exactly are we doing? What's the purpose? Wow. of that? I I love this question, and it and it's 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 a question that is is answered by each couple, and you have to put it on the forefront because there's some people who will marry because they've been brought up in the, tra- in the tradition of, of the Christian faith, and they want to marry because they don't want to have the guilt or the shame of having sex outside of marriage. So that's some people who will choose to marry for that reason. There are other people who will marry because they want to, they know a two-income family. Uh, they want to be a power couple. They want to, you know, be the Clintons or the Obamas, and they want to, to you know, influence the world. And so it comes to the individual. If you're looking at, you know, their, their you know, biblical perspective of, my, of marriage, you know, some people might say to raise up a godly seed or to be fruitful and multiply. So it really depends on the individual couple as to what they are bringing to this, um, what their, you know, historical perspective is and what they want out of it, okay? So, you know, a number of people who married at 16 and 17 married because mm-hmm. somebody got pregnant. Okay, mm-hmm. and and so they didn't marry because they wanted to marry. They married because yeah. their parents said, you're going to get married so that you don't embarrass me. My auntie wow. talked about um, on the Oprah Winfrey show when she was pregnant and her mother asked, you know, do you love him? Does he love you? And she said, no, no, no. And she said, well, there's no reason to mess up three lives, you know. So wow. it, it, right. the, the purpose can be it, it is is as varied, you know, as numerous as the number of people on this planet as to why. And But once you get to your why, just like the caller said, that's when you can, can move on. And it's interesting that you asked this question because my husband and I were talking about this on yesterday, you know, <laughs> just on yesterday about the purpose and, and when you're not working towards something, how you will just give up. And you'll see wow. people sometimes after a miscarriage or something, you know, mm-hmm. that, or after the death of a child, the, the, their institution of marriage will dissolve. They can't, you know, the look at, to look at each other reminds them of what they've lost, and they just can't handle that. And so if it is to, to produce children, then if you lose a child, then you, you go. If it is to produce wealth, then when someone loses a job, then you go. The person I dated before I married my husband, was a multimillionaire, okay? However, it's interesting because some, some things happened and all of that went away. Had I married that individual for money mm-hmm. and not mm-hmm. for compatibility or love, when that money uh-huh. went away, I would have gone away. My husband was not a millionaire, but I remember telling my friend, he's a blessed man and I will never be broke a day in my life because he's a blessed man. And, and my husband said, where do you want to live? And I said, wherever you are. If you're in a dump truck, I want to be in that dump truck with you because I loved and respected him. So right. what you marry for, you know, that mm-hmm. stuff can go away. You know, marrying mm-hmm. for sex, people can have erectile dysfunction, breast cancer, all kinds of stuff mm-hmm. where you can't do that for. So if mm-hmm. you're marrying for anything other than, you know, you understand, things that you love for, that stuff can go away. Money, looks, all of that can go away. So you better make wow. sure that you can live with that person without whatever it is that you're marrying them for. Wow. Because after good 50 in a marriage, 
you know, yeah. diabetes, high blood pressure, all that stuff. Yeah. In. Honey, erectile dysfunction come on the scene. You may not get to have sex. So if that's the only reason you're married, bye-bye. Wow. Bye. <laughs> but, you know, that, that, that just brings a lot of clarity to, I hope this brings clarity to a lot of people who might have questions about why they should marry. Why should I marry? Why should you marry? You have to examine your reasons, really. You have to really examine what's important to you. You know, what are you marrying for? If you're marrying for money, they can lose their money in a heartbeat. And today is interesting. I worked with a group of women, and they were like, you know, I want a father for my child. I want somebody to help take care of those bills. I have a woman right now who whose husband is not bringing in a nickel, not paying for anything. It, you know, be careful what you marry for. It needs to be substantive hmm. and, and not just foolishness. Wow. And foolishness is in the eye of the holder. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Paula, did I answer your question? <laughs> I hope it did. Did it answer no, your question? No, you did. No, you did. You, you, definitely you, you answered my question. I mean, I think these are all all good things, and I, and I think that's a good answer because it, it has me thinking because, you know, even when I went, because I'm I'm an engineer, I'm an entrepreneur, like I'm a – people have called me vision, you know, visionary. Mm-hmm. So I – I can't have, I can't be in a relationship with someone who just wants to settle down and watch TV and, you know, live that life. And I think that's a great life, but that's oh, just, just not like me. Hell. No, no, I mean, it's, 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 you know, I want to get out here and make a difference, and I want to partner in crime. You know what I mean? Where, where we're, yeah. you know, where we're just getting out here, and when she has her, her, her focus and and what she wants to do, and she's curious and that type of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm the same, and I can help her with whatever she wants to do and whatever she wants to get into and, you know, just that kind of thing. Like, just want to get out there and kind of affect the world in a positive way, no matter how small, right? Like, so, yeah. I just, so it's difficult for me to get into just the relationship where everybody wants to, you know, just kind of settle in and, you know, kind of slowly get older and <laughs> And that that's not me. Like I said, that's great for some people, but it's just it's not me. So that's why I asked the question because I'm like, well, for me, I know why I would get married, but that's me. And I don't know. Right. I guess it would be different for everyone, right? And let me just throw in, the, the yeah. single people that I know want to get married, now the single uh-huh. never married people want to get married. The married people, many of them think that their lives will be much better Divorce. The grass always looks greener on the other side, but the grass is greener on the side that you're watering it on. Understand, as you go into Valentine's Day season, this one thing, marriage is hard work. And that stuff that you see on TV, that's not what marriage is. You know, it's who's going to do this, who's going to do that. The best Valentine's Day gift I ever got was me being, I was sick as a dog. (laughs) And my husband was doing all this stuff for my daughter that I could not do without complaint. You know, he wasn't fussing wow. about the dishes being piled to the sky why, because wow. I couldn't move. And so you want somebody that is going to be there through the thick and the thin. Anybody can right. be there when you have your millions and when you look like Tyra Banks mm-hmm. or Halle Berry or, or whoever, you know. But, right. you know, after you, you – know, you remember that, that big thing with uh, the lady that was Sunshine in Harlem Nights? I can't remember her name. That was beautiful. And then she'd had some, some ster- something where she had to use steroids. She got bigger. Anybody can love Sunshine from Harlem Nights, but can you love the woman mm-hmm. who's had gone through cancer and steroid treatment who's lost her figure? Because that's what love looks like. It looks like, right. you know, wiping a snotty nose and doing some stuff. And so, you know, we've got to get over Disney's uh, rendition of what love looks like because that's, set, that's a setup for failure. Because when the tough, mm-hmm. you know, the tough get going, you know, Sometimes mm-hmm. come and, and people go, but, mm-hmm. you know. Wow. I can't tell you how valuable this conversation has been. I hope it has brought clarity to everyone else because it is Valentine's and many of us, well, excluding me, but a lot of us might just find yourself engaging in hookups just because of societal pressure that's going to say if you're not with someone this Valentine's Day, then you're a complete loser. But I want to remind you in the wise words of my caller, who is so whose contribution this evening has been so valuable, and in the words of Dr. Maddox, guys and gals, we need to pay attention. And we need to make sure that we know why we're getting involved in the first place. And for the love of God, 
don't just go with people because you look good on their arm or they look good with you. Be substantive about it. I still say love is still the best way. It's still the best thing because it's going to last through all this stuff. Right, everybody? Everybody's still there? Yes? Yeah? I agree. <laughs> I agree. I, I don't like, I, I, I must admit, I dislike Valentine's Day. <laughs> I think men do. I really do. Said the same thing. I can't see why because it's a setup. It's commercialized and it's a setup. And the ads for a month prior to it is telling you that you must hook up and you must be with someone. And there is no, you shouldn't be with anybody who does not fit your 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 paradigm of what a relationship should look like. And you have to know yourself because I'm single. And I don't hook up with anybody. And I definitely am not going to just hook up with somebody for Valentine's Day. That's ridiculous, right? That's inviting all kinds of drama into your life. And I'm not, first of all, as the caller says, I'm too busy for that. I have too much going on. So it's like <laughs> backseat, time off for that, maybe next year, uh, so not, right? But I think it, the, the, the conversation around making sure that you have your priorities right and making sure that you have done the due diligence on yourself so that you know where you're coming from. The caller nailed it to the to the cross when he said, why am I getting married? You have to ask yourself, why am I in this relationship? What does it profit me? Why am I here? And if you can answer that question, I believe we're on our way. Guys, we have four minutes. What's okay. the last? I, 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 I want to thank you guys, yeah. for, thank you guys. For, for a great show. This, is a, this was a Thanks. great show, great discussion. Um, so it was great uh, speaking with you, Harriet and Dr. Maddox, mm-hmm. and uh, I wish you too well. And 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 Harriet, this is my first time. Call. I just found the show. I was just kind of flipping through while I was mm-hmm. multitasking, looking for something to listen to while I was doing some work. So, um, mm-hmm. I, <laughs> great show. I'll listen in again. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for calling Thank in, you. Dr. Maddox. What's the takeaway? Thank you so much. And my my takeaway is. We have been waiting on these days, Valentine's Day or marriage, for someone else to affirm us. I hope on this Valentine's Day that you will just kind of toss away that waiting for somebody else to buy you a gift or buy you a dinner or to show show you that you're special and that you will show yourself that you're worthy. You will show yourself that you're valuable. You will do something special for yourself. Take that trip. You know, buy that dress. Um, cook that healthy meal, sign up for that yoga class, invest in yeah. yourself, and don't yeah. wait on anybody else to do that for you because Hello. you are special. And then don't limit it to Valentine's Day. Do it every day. Do something good every for day. yourself every day. That's my takeaway. That, you, did you all hear that? Dr. Rhonda, I love you, and thank you so much. I couldn't pay you for this. I am so grateful. And this is so good. You thank welcome. you for encouraging us and just loving on us and giving, imparting to us your wisdom on relationships that will make us healthier. Please say hello to your husband and your family. I will visit again in Little Rock. Or why don't you come to Detroit? Don't come in the winter because it's really bad. Time. But anyway. <laughs> okay. I'll take you up on that. <laughs> but thank you, Dr. Maddox, for being such a part of my conversation this evening. I hope to have you again when you're free. Ladies and gentlemen, her name is Dr. Rhonda, R-H-O-N-D-A, Maddox, M-A-T-T-O-X. She's on every social media platform. You all need to Skype in and get some advice right now. We need therapy. And therapy is is something that is going to be good for all of us. Thank you, Doc. Thanks so much. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Ladies and gentlemen, did you hear that? I think the Doc said it the best, right? We all need therapy. And we all need to be good to ourselves every day. Every day should be Valentine's Day. As for me, I don't wait on anyone to treat me. I buy the dress. I go to Victoria's Secret, I buy what I want, what I like. If I feel right now I'm going to make brownies, right? I feel like eating chocolate, I'm going to do that. And come Valentine's Day, I'm going to be good to myself. And you should too. Don't wait for someone else to walk into our lives to affirm us. We need to learn to do that for ourselves. And if we do that for ourselves, what happens is you'll be better because then you'll attract only the best. And you will attract exactly what you're putting out. It's Valentine's Day. And it's going to be Friday. And please do not go back to the toxic relationships. Let's talk therapy and let's go to a therapy. To all of you on Facebook, 
who contributed, and to all my friends on Twitter and Periscope. Thank you so very much. And to my friends at Anchor FM and Spreaker and iHeartRadio, thank you so much, everybody, for having me. This was live. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. See you tomorrow on Down to Earth as we continue to talk about the issues that matter. Tomorrow we're going to talk about facial recognition technology. Marcellus Ball, you need to be a part of this conversation tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Happy Valentine's Day. Be blessed. There you have it. My friends on Facebook, when was the last time you all checked? Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.